Hey, welcome back to the Addicted to Healthy podcast, your one-stop destination for all things health and a kick-ass life. I'm Laurence, certified nutritional practitioner and health coach and the host of the Addicted to Healthy podcast. Today I have Jenny Holbert on the podcast. She's a fitness uh, expert and top-ranked essential oil educator with doTERRA. And she graduated with a Bachelor of Science degree in Exercise Science, Master's degree in Sports Psychology, and she blends her knowledge of holistic fitness and natural health with essential oils. She connects with women into living their dreams and who want to reach their workout and wellness goals while ending the pattern of overdoing, overtraining, and overwhelm. And today, our episode is going to focus on essential oils specifically, um, how you can use them in your everyday life or for specific ailments. And we will be talking a lot about the female cycle, how we can use oils for different stages of the cycle, and also how we can adapt our nutrition and lifestyle according to where we are in our cycle to help lessen things like PMS and increase energy and fertility and all of that. So super, super interesting stuff we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about how everything goes with different seasons, um, how we can view our health uh, in a seasonal way too. So I'm super, super excited for you guys to listen. Uh, let's get started. Welcome, Jenny, onto the podcast. I'm super excited to have you here. We have an awesome topic about essential oils. So I'm really, really excited to talk about all this stuff with you. Thank you. I'm grateful for you having me. So I always like to ask my guests what really brought them to what they're doing today. I know that for the most part, we all have our own stories that kind of bring us onto this wellness path. So if you could introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your story and what you're doing now. Sure. I was raised on a farm in Ohio, which I think really cultivated in me an appreciation for being outdoors and uh, just loving nature. And that still is a thread that has continued, I think, throughout my life and in my work um, because my business, Wild Wellness, is all about healthy living inspired by nature. and. Even though that is what I'm doing now, there was kind of a lot of in between as there is for many people. Uh, throughout my teen years, I struggled with an eating disorder and I just wanted to find a solution for that for so long. I wanted to you know, heal from that and overcome that. And it really was in college when I had a turning point in starting to learn about different foods and more so the food industry. Um, when I learned what was put into our foods and how lots of different products were really chemicals and additives and how sugar acted in our body. All of those things sort of turned me back to looking at nature and realizing that that was a really amazing guide for how to eat and how to live. And it really helped me recover from that eating disorder to go back to that approach, um, just go back to nature, really. And at that same time, I was realizing that I was very interested in natural health and holistic approaches in medicine. And I actually started out in college as a pre-med track, but then switched to exercise science and eventually got my master's in sports psychology after that as well. And I did that because I realized that the pre-med track wasn't taking me down a path um, that I could envision being able to really work in that holistic model. So I started my career as a personal trainer in fitness, but I also found myself wanting to help people with more wellness aspects in their life. I didn't just want to guide them through a workout. And my goal was also for them to not always need me. Uh, I think that it's definitely valuable to have a trainer or a coach, even at a higher level. But 
in not needing someone, I mean that I wanted them to learn how to lead themselves and be self-empowered in their own fitness and wellness journey and really take responsibility for directing that aspect of their life. And, you know, because so many of the things that really get results in that area is not just what you do in that hour workout with a trainer or the hour coaching session with a holistic nutritionist, but it's the work that you do in between and all of the lifestyle habits. So it was really interesting because for years I had personally used essential oils, but at that time when I was personal training, I really began incorporating them more as I was introduced to doTERRA and I started not just using them myself, but talking to my clients about different ways that I was benefiting from them and just some ideas of how they might incorporate them into their wellness. And I started teaching people about those benefits in 2013. And so I loved the fact that they were such a powerful tool that someone could use at home and be able to really do so many things with, you know, from their fitness to their everyday habits that sort of spurred new habits within them and also reducing toxins in their life through cleaning products and skincare. And as I learned more about that, that was just a path that, you know, I had traveled down and wanted to share with other people too. So I was very um, much wanting to continue with using essential oils personally and incorporating that into my work. But it also came at an interesting time for me personally, because I started using them to help me overcome some adrenal issues and hormone challenges that I was having. I realized um, that a lot of things were shifting. I was experiencing a lot of fatigue and a lot of frequent headaches and even more painful periods than I had had before. And so modern medicine tests weren't really helping me out because they were just sort of identifying symptoms and trying to target that, which really wasn't what my body needed. So I finally was um, given a uh, holistic path with a um, functional medicine doctor and really learned that I needed to practice ways to better honor work and rest. And I guess that's why I'm so passionate now about not just helping people with natural health, but honoring the fact that nature is something that works in cycles and rhythms. And it's not something that we um, necessarily should force through in just the same patterns all the time. There's these ebbs and flows. And also just throughout my journey, it seems like it, life just keeps bringing me back to these lessons that nature is medicine in so many ways. So that's sort of where Wild Wellness and myself joined together in working through this and um, bringing that message more to people. And um, I like to say that that ancient Chinese proverb really inspired wild wellness too, because it goes when sleeping women wake, mountains will move. But for me, I heard when wild women wake, mountains will move. So I really feel like when women who are into living their dreams, which is what wild stands for in my work, when they wake into their fullest potential, when they awake up to that through those lifestyle choices, then those mountains become more possible, more climbable. Those goals don't seem like something that are insurmountable. I love that. I definitely kind of see that with my own approach to wellness as well with my clients. So I totally get it. And that's so empowering. I love your story. So I love that you also are all about the seasons, especially with women, because we kind of follow a season with our menstrual cycle, right? So mm -hmm. and with the moon and all of that. So I want to get into essential oil specifically for each season. Mm -hmm. So for instance, we are in spring right now. So 
how do you kind mm -hmm. of transition into spring with your essential oils? Yeah, I think in our culture, we don't generally connect and live by cycles and seasons. So, you know, if you think about even most workout plans or goal setting strategies, it's just we breeze right through, you know, in the wintertime, we turn up the heat, turn on the lights and just keep on trucking, even though that's more of a downtime. And in spring, it's, it's the same. We don't necessarily take um, pause and notice that shift in energy. And, and as you said, women especially are cyclical each month. So we can talk about sort of like the inner seasons each month as well. But in terms of outer seasons and looking at what nature shows us, there are certain things that we come up against or that our bodies deal with in spring that we can help ourselves with in terms of essential oils. And I think maybe it would be first helpful to even explain what are essential oils for those of you listening that might yes, have no idea. So I will do that real quick. So oils are just extracts from plants. They come from the seeds, the stem, the roots, the bark, the flowers, depends on the type of plant. And they're typically steam distilled or cold pressed, and that's how they're extracted. But they're very potent. So typically it takes hundreds or thousands of pounds of plant material to produce a relatively small amount of essential oil and you're just left with that potent chemi chemistry from the plant and how you use them is you can inhale them through putting a drop in your hands and smelling you can use a diffuser you can also put them on your skin that would be topical application and in most cases you want to dilute them when you do that it doesn't dilute their impact it actually helps them to absorb into the skin better and when they absorb into the skin they absorb into your your bloodstream and can have a localized effect and also a systemic effect throughout the body. So you dilute it typically with a vegetable oil and I like fractionated coconut oil for that purpose. But you'll put an oil topically wherever you're having a concern or some other common areas would be on your wrists, on the back of the neck, on the spine, even the bottoms of the feet where you have reflex points. Those are all common areas that I apply oils. And then the last way that you can use some essential oils depending on the quality is internally and that's why I love working with uh, the doTERRA essential oils because those are ones that you can use internally as long as the plant is safe to take that way and internal use is often for digestion the mouth the throat immunity more of a, a targeted issue and you would just drop it under your tongue or you can put it in a glass of water or another beverage and drink it and for some oils that you don't really like the taste of you can even put them in a veggie capsule and that puts it into um, a capsule that just looks like a regular pill and you don't have to taste that on the way down. So basically for a couple of safety things, you just keep oils out of your eyes, ears, and nose, and you always drink out of a non-plastic or non-styrofoam bottle. And that's sort of the, the summary of what they are and how to use them. One other thing that might be important for you to know too is that quality is a big deal when it comes to essential oils because there's no industry standards that is uh, third-party regulated so quality testing experts which test lots of different essential oil brands have estimated that 85% of commercially available essential oils that are labeled pure are adulterated in some way actually so there's third-party labs like aromatic plant research center that can offer reliable source for verifying essential oil purity and that's important to either access that or to do your research and look and see what is being done to make sure that that oil is pure and that it's um, gonna have the therapeutic benefits that you would want. Because otherwise you'd run the risk of possibly putting germs or adulterants or heavy metals into your 
something which could obviously have some negative side effects. So you have to look at where was it grown, where was it harvested, how was it harvested, how was it distilled, what tests were being done to verify its purity and to test to make sure that it's safe to use. And not all um, aromas or scents or fragrances are the same. So therapeutic essential oils are a distinct category and you just wanna make sure that however you're planning to use them, that they do come from a reliable and trusted source that is conscious of all of those things. So that being said, now um, going, going back to your original question. <laughs> <laughs> yes. With spring and um, some of the things, the first thing that comes to my mind that a lot of uh, people in our community are talking about right now with essential oils and the benefits is respiratory issues and, you know, the sneezing and the itchy eyes and things that start to bloom and the pollen flying around that starts to exacerbate our respiratory system. And some of the oils that are really helpful for soothing the airways and also helping to open up our lungs and our airways so that we can breathe better are peppermint essential oil and eucalyptus. So if you're wanting to support your respiratory system, one of the best ways to use oils is aromatically, which is what I was explaining with using a diffuser or putting the oil in your hand and then inhaling from your hands. So peppermint and eucalyptus are wonderful and you can do that all day long. And aromatic use can be done as needed. So, you know, you could do it every couple hours and even if it's a diffuser, you could have it at your desk and running alongside you for, you know, three or four hours at a time. And that's something that I love to do, not just for allergies, but for even shifting the mood and shifting the energy of the space. I, with the energy of spring, it's kind of like shaking off winter, right? And kind of waking up to a little bit more energized state and you might feel a little bit more motivated to do Getting things. Out of hibernation. Yeah, all of that. So I, I think it's good to encourage that even a little bit more um, with oils that are really energizing and uplifting. And I think of like citrus oils or wild orange, lemon, grapefruit, uh, lime essential oil. All of those are very uplifting to our physical bodies and to our minds. They sort of help us to focus all of that new energy, particularly lemon. So I like to diffuse lemon if I'm working on something to help me focus and be oriented in that direction, you know, because when you have a lot going on, you have a lot of energy, sometimes it can get a little dispersed in too many directions and then you don't get to um, see the results that you want through that. So I think of citrus oils and for spring, the peppermint and eucalyptus for allergies too. Awesome. And so I guess we can keep going. Summer, what would summer look like for you? With each season? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Summer, summer, a lot of the things, well, we're wanting to tone down the heat a little bit most of the time. Uh, if you're in the place where it's going to be warmer in the summer, a lot of times you maybe are someone who doesn't love the heat or you just need to manage it a little better. Peppermint, I'm going to mention again, this is one of my favorite oils and you're going to see why because it's so good for many things, but peppermint's cooling. So I'll put it in a spray bottle with water and use that to mist my skin or even put it in what I call a roller bottle and it has a roller top so that you can apply it easy to the back of the neck with that fractionated coconut oil and it cools the body down 
really nicely. It's, it's nice to do after a workout, after you've heated yourself up, or even just if you're outside. And that's one thing to note actually about the sun. Um, I mentioned citrus oils. You do want to be cautious if you put them on your skin and going out into direct sunlight, they make your skin more photosensitive. So you would actually not want to use like a body butter of citrus essential oils like lemon or grapefruit or orange and then go out and sunbathe. You want to avoid the direct sunlight for 12 hours after putting an oil on topically if it's citrus. So that's just a side note on that. Um, but they do definitely help if you get sunburn. Um, I wouldn't, so let's avoid that by not using citrus oils topically. Mm -hmm. But if you get sunburn, I'm a fair skin person. And I remember when I lived in Arizona, the first time that I was able to use the doTERRA lavender, I had gotten too much sun and I put the lavender on practically all over my body because that's where I had the sunburn. And within, I mean, it was pretty painful. You know how the sunburn feels. Everyone's probably experienced that at one point or another. It's not only hot, but it had gotten pretty bad for me. So I was, it, it wasn't comfortable at all. But I remember within a half an hour, the pain had gone down significantly. And uh, within 24 hours, like by the next morning, even the redness had gone down significantly. So sunburn, lavender topically, <coughs> one of the best ones to use. And um, if you don't have lavender, if you just need another alternative, Roman chamomile is really soothing to irritations on the skin as well. <coughs> I think of in the summertime, if you have, you know, bug bites or bee stings, just things that are irritating, those are both really calming oils for the skin. Awesome. Good to know, especially for sunburns. What yeah. about going into fall? Yeah, fall time is often a, a drier season, and I, I think of dry skin and that being a concern. It's wonderful to be able to use essential oils in my skincare. They really are my skincare with, you know, natural body butters and oils. But the, the reason I love it so much is because as I learned about skincare products and that everything we put on our skin absorbs into the bloodstream, I learned that those chemicals that are in most skincare products are not safe for us, even though they're out there on the shelves. They're just doing a lot of damage, and particularly to our hormones. A lot of them are a detriment to our hormones. So I wanted to replace those products in my life. So if you're looking to do that, whether you have dry skin, oily skin, um, aging skin, whatever it might be, for dry skin, I like lavender and Roman chamomile, again, kind of similar to sunburn. For oily skin, tea tree oil is really wonderful, or melaleuca. And aging skin is frankincense, sandalwood. Those are both oils that are known to help cell repair. So they're going to um, be used topically on the skin, and these could be oils that you use every day. So I think of that for fall, and then again, respiratory issues with like peppermint and eucalyptus. And it's probably a good idea to start in that at that time to be thinking about your immune system and how you're going to combat different things that might come up in the environment throughout the fall and winter months. So for immunity, there are several oils that you could either use topically, internally, or aromatically, depending on the quality you have and what the uses are. But I think of clove, cinnamon, um, eucalyptus again, rosemary, and even the citrus oils like wild orange and lemon, those are really powerful for the immune system as well. 
Awesome. And then I guess for winter too, that'd be more immune boosting and then the dry skin. So again, clove, cinnamon, and then the lavender yeah. chamomile. Yeah. And those happen to be clove and cinnamon happen to be oils that are warming as well. So if in the winter time, when we're thinking of aiding our circulatory system and um, maybe dealing with cold hands, feet, just cold overall. Uh, those are oils you want to dilute if you're using them topically because they are really potent and hot on the skin if you use them by themselves. But if you put them with a lotion, an unscented lotion or like a coconut oil or something like that and use that as a uh, body moisturizer, that can really help with circulation and to heat things up a little bit. So that helps. And do you have any like swear by remedies for like cold and flu? I think the combination that I shared with you, it's, it's actually a doTERRA blend called On Guard. It's wild orange. Love that one. Cinnamon. Oh, you do you use that one. That's mm -hmm. perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's wild orange, clove, cinnamon, eucalyptus, and rosemary. And I will take that internally if I'm starting to feel like a sore throat coming on. Um, I also have found that oregano is really powerful. So typically I'll roll that one on the bottoms of my feet or take it in a capsule. And the other one that has helped me so much, I had some respiratory issues this past winter and I used a blend called Breathe that is eucalyptus, peppermint, cardamom, um, it has Ravensara, a few other oils in it. And I love putting it in the diffuser or putting it in my hands, but in the winter time, it's also really powerful to warm up a cup of water and then put a drop of that essential oil in there. And so the water's warm and steaming, not boiling, but just steaming. So when you put the drop in there, then the mist of the water, or the steam, carries that essential oil into your airways. And you can sit there with it close to your nose, closing your eyes and breathe it in. And that will clear out any congestion and stuffiness that you have for sure. Yeah, I'm actually using that right now in my diffuser because I'm coughing a bit because I'm getting over something, but it's yeah. so helpful. I'm just like, I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah, it's so good to have those things that you can use for yourself at home. Like, I don't know what I did before yeah, having right? essential oils, to be honest. Yeah. I actually do need to buy some of the On Guard because I know like that stuff works, um, mm -hmm. but the oregano as well, um, that kills everything. So obviously not the best tasting oil, but when you know it's effective, you just do it. <laughs> and then you can put it in the capsules, right? If you really hate it. That's right. Yep. All right. So moving on to essential oils for the female cycle. Do you mm -hmm. want to kind of explain how, what that looks like? Um, so the different, um, you know, periods of the cycle. Mm -hmm. um, so like ovulation, period, um, all of that. And then how we can actually like sync it with essential oils. Yeah, I'll start with the follicular phase. I think when I think about that, it actually to me corresponds with spring as an outer season. So we can maybe talk about this, but as an inner season, that's sort of our inner spring. And so right after we're um, I mean, the follicular phase does start when menstruation starts and begin, begin, begin to bleed, but talking about, about like towards the end of menstruation when you're moving into that springtime. And just like the outer season of spring, I think of essential oils that are light, that are a little bit more playful, helping us to kind of ease back into a time that's been more restorative and into a time that's now going to be more energized. So citrus oils are really light aromas like grapefruit and wild orange and lemon and diffusing those or wearing them as a perfume, I think would be a really powerful thing to do during that phase. 
And then as you move into the ovulatory phase, it's a time where you're wanting to support an increased libido most times. So oils like Lang Lang and Neroli, Jasmine, really those are all floral oils. And so a lot of the floral oils, even Rose is another one. Those are all um, really supportive to an increased libido. And it's interesting to me because they're, if you think of like the metaphor with a flower and just the fact that it's budding and it's kind of going into its full bloom. That's true full expression, you know, like that's the time of what that time in our cycle represents in a way. Um, I personally found that there's another oil that has helped with the abdominal pressure that I often experience during ovulation. I don't know if anyone else listening has that, but I was just talking to someone the other day that was telling me about how she gets that. Oftentimes it's in my, my lower left abdomen, you know, right around my ovary when I'm ovulating and I I know that I'm ovulating because I get that pressure there and that pain. So what has helped me is Copaiba essential oil and that's C-O-P-A-I-B-A. It's a little bit of a different essential oil not a lot of people have heard of, but it's very good for uh, inflammation in the body and helping with those discomforts. It's good for our immune system. It has a lot of benefits, but I've noticed that putting that on topically is very helpful. So, yeah, I've heard a lot about that one. I definitely want to try it. Um, from yeah. Tara, yeah. Yeah, it was really, I mean, as much as I've used these oils and know they work, it's just so fun when you use one and like with that issue in particular, within a half an hour, I felt fine. It was like, wow, like I had been having that pressure there for almost a day at that point and I hadn't thought to try that one yet. So yeah, I was glad I discovered that. Yeah, that's good because I know a lot of women um, with PCOS specifically have some pain or discomfort around ovulation. Mm -hmm. So that's a a great tip. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then moving into premenstrual and even menstruation, I think there's some similar oils here that can be really helpful. Um, There's oils that are, in general, very hormone balancing, things like clary sage and geranium. But fennel can be particularly helpful, too, if you're experiencing cramps. And marjoram and cypress are really good for circulation. So I know for me personally, again, some of my discomfort, I think, from learning and working with practitioners, it comes from a bit of a stagnation and um, the circulation is something that I need to work on. So I use marjoram, I use the cypress, I will apply those topically on my abdomen. And then throughout the month, I'm using clary sage and geranium, but especially pre-menstrual and then during menstruation, I'll use those either on the abdomen or the ankles are reflex points in your body for ovaries and uterus. So you can rub the oils there and kind of massage the inner and outer ankles to help with Um, just balancing hormones on a regular basis too. And I would say that if you're working on something like that, that it's a good idea to use those oils at least a couple times a day. And everyone's different. You know, you might see changes within weeks. It may be months. Everyone's a little different as far as the everything they have going on, but they can definitely be part of your, um, your shift that you're wanting to create within your menstrual cycle. Awesome. So those are amazing. I also want to just talk a little bit about 
cycle syncing, the female cycle with lifestyle and exercise modifications. So the oils, obviously great add on that can mm -hmm. really help support, especially if you're having symptoms. Um, but you and I know that it's not enough if we don't address the lifestyle mm -hmm. and I know you're a personal trainer. So exercise also can be modified with the cycle as well. Are you able mm -hmm. to explain why we would do that? And then maybe some tips on, you know, how to transition from each phase. Yes. Yeah. I think the most powerful thing for me has been understanding that our cycle is influenced by the rhythms of nature. We've forgotten that our cycle is actually influenced by the moon. A women's average cycle is about 28 days, which is the same length of the moon's passage from new to full and then back to new again. And so this is really important to think about when you're thinking about a cycle in general. You know, we understand spring, summer, fall, and winter, but if we even look at that within our monthly cycle, it helps us to break down those experiences and the energy shifts that we're having and the days that we're feeling less motivated or more motivated into instead of beating ourselves up for that to understand our bodies and be more clear about what our goals should be during that time to honor that and to flow with it instead of resist it. So I was really happy to come across, it was actually a book called Wild Power, Discovering the Magic of Your Menstrual Cycle. And it was the idea of spring, summer, fall, and winter within our cycle itself. So spring being pre-ovulation, summer being ovulation, fall being premenstrual and winter menstruation, lining up with those seasons, it, it helped me conceptualize what to do during those times. And so just starting with spring, even, you know, is what we think about on the exterior. It's like that time when things are starting to uh, bloom. Things are start like there's a rising energy. We're coming out of the hibernation of winter, like you said. So it's not necessarily like full blown energy of summer. And if you think about, if we're just going to, you know, even talk about workouts in particular, it's not a time to necessarily splurge all your energy at once, but to be a little bit more playful and maybe experiment with new things. I like the idea of trying something new during that time, you know, maybe trying a new workout class or running a new trail or just doing something a little spontaneous that's priming you for the full on cycle that's to come. And because estrogen increases in this phase too, you're also possibly a little more resistant to cortisol, which is our hormone that gets kicked into higher gear when we're in a stressed fight or flight mode or even in a workout because that's a time when cortisol gets released. So insulin sensitivity also seems to be higher during this phase due to those higher levels of estrogen. And putting all that together, carbohydrates are possibly used more efficiently in that phase. So if carbs are being used more efficiently, then we can often tolerate or match up better with that higher intensity cardio workout. So I think that's something to keep in mind just on what's going on on a physical level to play around with, yeah, ramping up your energy a little bit, trying new things, starting a new class or a new workout, but knowing that you can do those higher intensity cardio workouts without burning out more likely at that time. And then we can go right into summer um, ovulation. <laughs> I'm calling them by the, the inner seasons because that's such my language of speaking about them now. But ovulation is that time where, you know, estrogen levels are rising and we even have a peak in testosterone production. So our creativity, our 
desire to be around people, to come up with new ideas, like all of that is kind of a high energy focus of that time. It's an outward focus. We're thinking more about who we can connect with and um, being in the flow of a big project, taking charge, maybe allowing things to unfold. And I think the practice for our workouts during that time is letting ourselves to go for it, you know, to have a challenge that we maybe haven't allowed ourselves to fully go for and let it be something that we do during that time, you know, push yourself a little bit, go for a PR, do a race during that time, go for a, a harder effort, because it's also a really great time to build your confidence in that way. You're, you're going to feel good. You're going to feel strong. So it's a great time to match up your efforts with that so that you can carry that through the cycle with you and, and just feel good. You know, when we do those things that we have maybe doubted ourselves in doing, or we're not we're not sure if we can match up to it and then we go ahead and do it. It just builds that belief. And so I think that's really important, but then there's the, the kind of dip down. We have the um, pre premenstrual phase that we move into. And this is a time when I notice my energy starts to wane and a lot of women will notice that. And it's the time when I used to be, and I'm practicing not being so hard on myself because in the past, before I understood this, I thought, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? Like my energy and my mood and all of that's changing. I mean, I, I kind of understood the mood thing, but the energy hadn't been something that I had been taught could change. You know, we're taught to be this high energy producing constant kind of person in life, I think, from our culture and um, more of a masculine energy and influence. So the feminine hasn't hadn't been part of my education yet. So when I didn't feel as energized, it just didn't feel like everything was well. I felt like something was wrong. It's, it's natural though. So I just want you to know if you're listening to this and you feel that in your premenstrual phase, it's natural to want to rest more and to honor your body's wisdom during that time of the month is the wisest thing that you can do. Um, it's not a time to continue to push through because oftentimes I think for my, me personally, when that's happened and I <coughs> have tried to keep up with that intense exercise, that oftentimes I'll have a more difficult experience during menstruation. I might have even more fatigue. I might have more pain. It just, it, it kind of, it's like careening right through the finish line and just like collapsing if I don't start to wheel it down and like do this cool down almost. So the fall, the, um, the inner autumn, the inner fall, or the pre-menstrual phase is almost like the cool down of the cycle. So it's not like you should take a break from the workouts. I'm not saying, you know, don't do anything, but you may do better with just kind of moderate intensity aerobic training during that time and taper it off depending on how you feel as you start to get closer to menstruation. And during that time, during menstruation, when you start to bleed, that is a time to really turn inward more, to slow way down. It's like our call to retreat, to rest, to let ourselves be restored. And it's not a time that you should feel guilty about missing a workout at all. Because for me, on the first day or two of my cycle, not only do I not feel like doing anything um, more and more as I've tuned into that, but I just, I don't, because I know that it's not what my body needs most. I mean, I might do some light stretching, like some yoga, that feels good, but 
I definitely don't go for that usual run or bike or anything like that. I might go for an easy walk if that's just about it. So it's, it's a time to rest and recover really hard instead of go really hard. So just stretch, just walk, just move or completely stop so that your body can rejuvenate mentally and physically for the next cycle. Give yourself that break. Yeah, and it's interesting because it's not something new. Like we've, our ancestors have done this. Like we don't really, especially during the period. Um, now, obviously, things are different. We can, you know, do whatever we want: go swimming, go to like travel or whatever it is. Even if we have our cycle, uh, whereas before women were just kind of sitting in their hut, right, and just bleeding. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not something that's you know foreign. It's really about listening to your body. A lot of us, like you mentioned. Um, just don't feel like doing a workout during your period. And I think a lot of us get frustrated with that. Like, why Mm -hmm. do I not feel energized? But it's really important to just respect that and then modify the workout accordingly, or even just don't work out. It's not a big deal. Um, But yeah, slower movement for sure. Um, I've even seen uh, results be lessened um, are not as effective if you keep powering through them during your menstrual cycle instead of just slowing down and then getting back to it after. So I think a lot of women have a lot of guilt around that, but it's really mm-hmm. important to you know understand that we do have a cycle. It's not like men either. Um, they kind of can power through things a little bit differently, um, but it's really important to disrespect that. And I think it's more of like internal cues. Like if you're just not feeling it, then respect that, you know? Yeah. And that's just it. There's so many factors that can influence our experience, like our age relationships, health habits, like sleep and diet and all those things. And there's, there's no strict rules. Like even from what I've shared, it's not like that is everyone's experience. So your experience trumps everything that you see that should be a certain way, quote unquote, you know, and, um, that's one of the reasons that it's so important to tune in more and even keep a journal of some kind with how you're feeling and what day of the cycle you're on. Um, in my wild souls program, I have a workout journal that actually does help you keep track of that part of the cycle alongside the workout tracking. Cause I think that's important to know where you're at. And there's definitely times in the cycle when you're more comfortable and feel more at home you know, it feels more comfortable and then other places where we might feel more resistance. So that's where we practice a little bit more. And it's definitely a process to kind of shift into that, especially if you've been someone who has forced your body basically into like, you got to do this all the time. I want you to be at a high level, high energy, and I don't feel good when you're not. So it's a practice to shift, shift ears and shift down. (laughs) Totally agree. So Jenny, I think we could talk about this forever, but we're getting into the podcast. Let me know, let our listeners know uh, what you're doing right now, how we can find you on social media, all of that jazz. Yeah. Thank you so much for this conversation. Super fun to talk about. I hope there's some value that everyone has gained. And if you're interested in learning more about essential oils, about working with the cycles or nature at all, my website, jennyholbert.com is probably the best place to go and check that out. I have oil videos and actually some online workshops that you can access, um, particularly if you're wanting to try essential oils and you want a little sample kit to go along with the workshop. I think it's great to have those in hand to smell and put on an experience while you're learning. So jennyholbert.com, you'll find all of that there. 
I will put the website in the show notes so it's easy for our listeners to click on and check it out. Thank you so much for coming on. I think that was really, really cool. It was like a nice spin on things and essential oils, something that a lot of people don't really talk about, they're not aware of, um, especially with the cycle syncing. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your expertise with us. Thank you again. I truly appreciate it. And uh, I love everything that you're sharing here. So I appreciate adding to that conversation.